When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. The transfer window has finally closed and Nottingham Forest have completed a summer like no other with 21 players coming in, or that's like to be 22, and 28 leaving either permanently on loan. So we're going to discuss all that, plus an Erling Haaland masterclass and a massive game against Bournemouth. First of all, in the company of Red's legend, Gary Bertels. Morning, Gary. How are you? Good morning, Matt. Yeah, good, thanks. Good, good. Michael Temple is our second guest today. Temps, how are you doing? Feeling good. I think Gary and I are both still getting over Wednesday night to a degree, but yeah, good to, good to have a debrief. So let's go through the um, deadline day for Forrest and then the wider picture of the round of 25-man squad. So deadline day saw the Reds complete the signing of Willie Bolly from Wolves, 31-year-old central defender. They also signed Loic Barde, another central defender on loan from Wren with an option to buy him for, I think, £12 million. He's a 22-year-old uh, centre-half, as I said, who looks a good athlete, so something a bit different after the injury to Niakate. They also signed Josh Bowler, finally, from Blackpool for about £4 million and loaned him to Olympiacos, and we'll discuss that. And finally, there was a move for Michi Batshuayi from Chelsea, which would have been a free transfer, reportedly. That fell through at the 11th hour, literally the 11th hour. So we'll have a bit of chat on that. And Serge Aurier looks a sign on a free transfer as well as he's without a club. So that can still happen. Forest 25-man squad, I think. I've worked this out. Temps has done this as well. But I think I've come up with what I think the list is. So it would be Henderson, Hennessy, Smith, Worrell, Cook, Niakate, Bolly, Barde and Bianconi, or Biancon, I should say. Uh, Richards, Lodi, Toffolo, Aurier when he signs. O'Brien, Freuler, Mangala, Yates, Kriate, Colback, Cafu, Gibbs White, Lingard, Dennis, Awanyi, and Surridge, which means people have noticed that Brennan Johnson is too young to be named, as is uh, Nico Williams and Loic Embe. So, which would leave out in the cold, I think, Harry Arter and Lyle Taylor. Right, Gary, it's been a busy, mad summer. How do you reflect on it? Are Forest in a good state? Is there any reservations after so many signings? Uh, no reservations. I think it had to be done. I think you've got to give the uh, the owner, Mr. Maranakis, credit again. Um, you know, he's put his hand in his pocket and it, it just shows you that compared with other teams who've not spent a, a lot of money, he's, you know, he wants this football club to stay in the Premier League. And that's, you know, that's the reason for the number of signings. And uh, I'm glad it's all over now. You know, it's been a little bit, you know, dragged out, uh, a bit like the... Uh, the race for the Tory leader that that should have been uh, over by now, but it's nearly is. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those that. Yeah, it's interesting why you're listening to it, but yeah, once it's over, now everybody can get down to business. Steve can think right. What's my best eleven against whatever team I'm going to play against? And uh, yeah, th- this is when it starts. Now we had two difficult games: Tottenham and Manchester City. We knew that was going to be you know you know very very difficult. The second one was hard in the first. I thought we were terrific against Tottenham. I thought we were very unlucky not to get something out of it, although we didn't score. 
I think we had one shot on target, but the, the amount of stuff we were creating in good areas, uh, it just needed, you know, a, a striker there to tap it home on, I think, three occasions. You know, some great balls into the six-yard box. And if Lewis Grabbin was watching, he would be saying, crikey, I'd have been there, I'd have scored that. You know, it was that sort of, you know, a tapping. But, you know, it, it didn't happen and we, we came up against Harry Kane, you know, which is always going to be difficult. And then we came up against Haaland, which is going to be, everybody's worst nightmare in the Premier League as, as a defender. So we've got a good run of games now, and I'm sure Steve looked at it like that. And, you know, not none of the games are going to be easy. It's the Premier League. But they do get a little bit more easy than Tottenham and Manchester City. I'll pick your brain about Haaland a bit more later. I also want to get your take on him. But Temps, I mean, personally, I'm kind of relieved, like Gary said, relieve the windows closed and we can move on and focus now with what we know we've got. How, how do you reflect on it? Yeah, you're glad it's closed because I don't think journalists covering Forest have ever been as busy, have they? 22 players in in a window is, is completely unprecedented. The Forest have always been active in the window. And since Maranakis' ownership has begun, we've had multiple players in and out at every possible opportunity. And if this had gone on for another week, I'm sure we'd be making more signings. So there's, there's no surprise there in the sense that there's always been resource for the man in the chair at the time and the football department at the time to bring in the players that they they wanted to bring in. I never foresaw we'd, we'd do surgery on the on the squad to quite this point, but that's an, a, a statement of ambition. And they've looked at players like Keenan Davis. They've looked at players like James Garner to an extent and decided, no, we perceive we can sign better players. And that's a hard adjustment for us because we watched Forrest win all those games last year and do well with those lads in there. But to survive in the Premier League, you have to be brutal. You have to cut players that have done a good job for you in the past. And it's a famous Fergie line, isn't it, about the hardest part of his job, getting rid of good players to, to bring in better ones. And that's what this ownership group and the football department have done. So the level of business has been unprecedented. We've seen major surgery on the squad. We're looking at the 25, which I've got written down in front of me here, Matt, with all kinds of options. But we are far better equipped now to survive in the Premier League than we were at the yeah, end of last say, season yeah. or the start of this window. I'll tell you what, Temps, you just have to look 26 miles down the motorway to Leicester, who've hardly spent a penny. And where are they sat in the table? Bottom. And that's not a, that's not gloat or anything like that. But, you know, I think I saw something this morning that Brendan Rogers, um, you know, is, is asking the, the owners why and all that. But their, their family, you know, the business apparently um, has, has not been particularly good. So the investment, you know, stops a little bit. And that's what happens if you, you know, you can't get the players and you want to get in. You, you sit and rock bottom with one point. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, been a real eye-opener for me and I'm delighted that we've got the owner we have. Temp said survive there, Gary, in the Premier League. I mean, that's that would still be very much my aim, and aim for the, you know, top of the bottom third type things, 12th, 13th to 17th or something like that. I mean, is that still the realistic aim for you or should they be aiming higher? Well, I, I just think you have to look and see what's been spent so far. Somebody was we were talking about this the other day. Manchester City spend 50 million on a player. We spend 10, 15 million uh, on a player. That's why Manchester City are on a different planet to everybody else because their investment from the, you know, from their owners is, is just incredible. And it showed in the game, uh, you know, in the, in the week. But I, I just think um, the progression is the important thing. If you can stay in the Premier League and the, the owner, you know, still wants to stay with the club and progress again, 
which I think he does by the you know the look of it, without a doubt, because the stadium is going to be improved. Then that's the way to go about it. You know, you, it's, it's small small steps. You can't just take a a giant leap straight away. You know, you've got to think and structure it right and and get everything off the pitch right. And I think that's what they're trying to do, and they're doing a, a very good job of it. So many deals, obviously, temps. But if you were to pick out the one or two that you think are the, the standout ones, who would you be going for? The standout deal for me is Dean Henderson on loan, and watching Man United scramble for goalkeepers last minute yesterday was a, a symptom of that. I think we've signed Man United's best goalkeeper on loan for the season. The penalty saves, the the presence in the box. Um, there's there's been a, a couple of instances where his his distribution is, is was off the boil against Man City, but I think in in general we've got a keeper that can play football. I think it's really shrewd. We got in there early, made the offer, made him feel loved, and he's one of only a handful now of automatic picks for the rest of the season. He's Forrest's best bit of business in this window. What about you, Gary? Well, I always look at strikers. Um, we've not seen a lot of either of them yet. You know, Dennis or um he obviously scored a goal against West Ham. Uh, it's about the you know this squad gelling and getting a chance to you know work together and uh, that's that opportunity is coming up now, and um, of course and I think it's so important now these next few months because of the World Cup, uh, November December that um, you know September and October, we've seen the games we've got coming up and we've just got to put points on the board and you know put ourselves mid table at least and I, I think we can do that with uh, with what I've seen so far. You, you look at you've mentioned Haaland. I mean, that that lad. I mean, he's he's not old. Uh, I, I watched him all through that ninety minutes at the weekend at, at, in the week, and at times he didn't look interested and he looked a bit, you know, tired. Uh, but he was always behind Forrest's last man. He was always about a yard behind, offside in an offside position. But as soon as he saw something materializing, he came alive. You know, he got inside, he arced his runs, uh, he's he's strong, he's physical, he's just, he's aware in the box. And the three goals he scored just proved that. And uh, he said he'd only signed for two clubs in, in England, Forest or Manchester City, and unfortunately he tro- chose them. But uh, yeah, it's that's what you get when you pay the big, big money. I mean, 52 million is a snip. You know, when you think uh, Fafana went for 70, I know there's add-ons and everything, but uh, he could get 30-plus this season if he stays fit easily because he's, he's that good. And that's what keeps you at the top of your profession. People who score goals um, keep you in divisions. You know, that's why strikers get paid big bucks because they do the, the most difficult job in the game. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to be maybe you know what we'll all be looking at when the strikers do get the opportunity to see you know, what they can do, how consistent they can be at this level. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. On the transfer side, I suppose you have to cast a critical eye as well, as well as give out praise. I mean, in terms of kind of negatives or question marks, well, I'll go first because I'll stick my head above the parapet. There are a couple of things that concern me. I think the, the Bashwai deal, nothing against the player, but I feel like we've dodged a bit of a bullet there because is he a... Would he have been an upgrade on what, what they already have? I'm not so sure. You'd have had, you know, a one-year and Dennis wouldn't have signed for Nottingham Forest thinking, hang on, there's, you know, all these other players coming in. 
I think it would have presented Steve Cooper with as many headaches as positives if he if Bashwai had come in. So I'm quite relieved with that. And I'll ask about Sam Surridge in a minute, but I'm pleased he's still here. And then there's a lot of centre halves at the football club now. You know, with I think there's nine. I like the Barday signing. He's a good athlete, and I think he's what they needed after Nia Cassie got injured. But the one that I would question is Bolly. A lot of Wolves fans messaging me saying his legs have gone after having injuries and COVID. He's not the quickest. He fits a very similar profile to the defenders we have. So I think he'll play a few games initially, but I don't know if he was a step too far, if Forrest have just stockpiled a little bit too much there. And Aurier doesn't really inspire me either if he comes in. A player who's going to be on a lot of wages to, to hopefully be a backup to Nico Williams. And Spurs fans use the word liability a lot around him. So hopefully he comes in and does well for us uh, when he does sign. So that's my negatives and slight concerns, but overall very much in the positive camp. And, you know, like Gary said, an overwhelmingly successful window otherwise. What about you, Temps? Yeah, so my, my number two pick for signing of the window would have been Nico Williams. So focusing on backup to him for me is a bit of a waste. Well, we, we've got Biancon um, sat behind him waiting for a, an opportunity. So, yeah, I, I would have done without Aurier. Um, I'll, I'll back you as well. Glad we missed out on Batshuari. I remember him taking us apart in the cup game at Chelsea a few years ago. But lots of clubs have looked at him over several windows. And while he's had loan moves, he's, he's never um, quite presented himself as, uh, as, as a 15-goal a season man in the Premier League, which is what we need. So I'd rather give those minutes to, to Dennis and Awani for sure. And we'll cry no tears for missing out on him. We're stockpiled at centre-half, aren't we? And I wonder what the plan is for, for Cook now. If we mm. think Bolly is Cook by another name um, and he's come under pressure after the, the manner in which he um, uh, handled Kane at the weekend, then that feels potentially like a bit of a knee-jerk. I've not seen Bolly play, so I'll reserve judgment until I have seen him play. But I, I don't think he's in my starting three. I think McKenna, Worrell, Neocarte, Barde with Koyati backing up is probably the, the five most prominent centre-halves at Forest at this moment in time. Um, if, if there is a slight imbalance in the squad, it is that stockpiling at centre-half. So we'll see who earns those shirts and whether they can hold on to them. But clearly, Neocarte is a miss. And if Bardi has come in to be that pacey defender who can be a good complement to the, the game readers and the calmness in possession of Warren McKenna, that seems like a good move. But... Yeah, there just feels like one or two too many boys vying for that spot at this moment in time. Disagree or agree with any of that, Gary? Anything you want to add? I've seen Bolly play uh, quite a few times when I was commentating for Sky. Um, and he always looked, you know, OK. You know, he looked solid. He looked uh, a threat at set pieces at the other end. Uh, obviously very good in the air. I, I think sometimes you, you can say about pace at the back, you don't always need pace at the back. I mean, I, I played there um, towards the back end of my career, but I also played at the highest level for Forest. You know, I played against Tony Woodcock and Charlie Nicholas, for, you know, when they were at Arsenal together, Andy Gray and Stainrod at Villa. And I find it OK. I wasn't the quickest. It's about reading the game sometimes and, you know, the concentration and watching what you, your man you're marking is going to do. So, yeah, pace is important. It always has been. Um, but... You can, if you're a good enough player, with concentration levels good, um, I, I think you can be OK um, in the Premier League. You just have to adjust your game a little bit when you get older. Um, simple as. 
so I think it's just the you know the Premier League experience of Bolly uh, may may have been a factor. Uh, you know he's been there and seen it, and uh, that that could help. And you always need defenders uh, because if you do get injuries around a very busy period, then you could be in trouble because you're then manoeuvring players into positions that aren't their positions. You know the the versatility thing comes into it. So I, I think you've got to try and cover every base a little bit. And uh, the the one concern maybe is, is still up front a little bit, um, but that you know we'll, we'll have to see on that one. Um, you look at other clubs, you know the the strikers they've been bringing in, they've been able to afford bigger you know transfer fees for you know better players up front. So it's it all depends on supply as well. I, I think against Tottenham we got in some great areas. You know I thought the creativity around the box was terrific. I think sometimes we overplayed it a little bit. Um, you know, there's, there's times when we could have got a shot away and we didn't. It, we, you know, we checked back. But it's a learning curve. And I, I think Steve will be reasonably happy with, with what he's seen. Not on Wednesday, obviously, because man, man, I think Manchester City will win the league by a country mile. I really do. I mean, Arsenal are doing well, but they're just nicking games at the moment. Manchester City will just get better with Haaland in the team. You look at Gundogan, you know, he ran the show. He was just absolutely incredible on in possession. They, they made everything look so easy. And what they did, better than anybody I've seen for a long time since the great Barcelona team, is they were great without the ball. They pressed and pressed and pressed. They wanted that ball straight back. They never gave any of our back three a moment to, you know, bring it out from the back. It was always pressure, pressure, pressure. And that you could see Guardiola, that's what he wants. He's not bothered if his team make a mistake doing the right thing, but he wants that work rate. He wants that off the ball activity, you know. And he that every man does it. Uh, you know, Foden does it. You know, not one player gets away without doing it. Maybe Haaland, but that he's he's a different thing altogether. Um, I, I I would say that Pep Guardiola would say right, okay, just do what you do. You know, the rest of us all look after your, you know, your work rate a little bit. And I fully understand that because he is incredible. You know, we all said, oh, it's only the German league, but, you know, Dortmund. But nine goals in ten games, uh, five games, not bad, is it? Mm. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll come back to that in a bit. Uh, and I thought Silva as well was brilliant. And Foden, as you say, they're just another level players. One other thing I want to ask you, Gary, just coming back to the signings then, you mentioned about not having a striker. You're a big fan of Surridge and you mentioned Batshuayi. I mean, are you still pleased that Sam's at the club or would you have rather had Batshuayi come in and Sam go out on loan? Well, Batshuayi, didn't he do well? Was it in Turkey? Was it in, uh, just lately? Yeah, 14 goals last season, yeah. which is okay. He had a really good spell at Dortmund uh, on loan a couple of years ago and then he's had one good spell at Palace and one bad spell at Palace and never really settled at Chelsea, but he's done well for Belgium. So I think the joy was a bit out on him, but yeah. you, you, you were keen, keen on him? When I saw him, I thought, yeah, um, I, I, I've seen all the, the hype about him and the negativity about him. Um, but, you know, he's a Belgian international and in that great Belgian team. And, you know, he got 14-15 last season. He's capable. We know he's capable. It's just on the whim of does he fancy it? You know, does he come into a club? Good. Because some players out there, I think, you know, this is not easy to say, but... It's, it's more about money than, you know, playing the football or winning things sometimes. Um, but that that is the case. Um, I'm, I'm not saying he's like that, 
but um, you know, do you take do you take a chance on it? I I, I would have taken a chance on him. I really would um, because you know he he can score goals. We know that you don't get picked as an international in that squad if you don't think you know if the manager don't doesn't think you're good enough. So yeah, I, I think that would have been a decent acquisition. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be difficult. But strikers thrive on supply. And the supply against Tottenham was good. We just didn't have anybody to tap it in or, you know, finish it. Um, but that will change. You know, the, the run of games we've got coming up now, I think we'll see the strikers given a chance. And I think, uh, we'll, you know, we'll say, right, OK, let's make a judgment now. You can't make a judgment already because we've not seen them or anything at the moment. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they bring to the team. And uh, like I say, supply is vital um, in any league for a striker and, I, I think we we've got that supply if we you know if Steve you know in his wisdom picks the right team. Yeah, my worry around transfers that was that it's kind of a delicate scale and you tip the balance from having too many players who are new and you like you say do they really fancy it to having the players the core who might not be quite as good but the Surridges and the Cooks and the Colebacks who can knit a dressing room together and gel this team which needs happening. So I think Forest have settled on a pretty decent spot now and I'm optimistic about the games to come. Um, let's talk a bit more about Man City. Amazing performance from them, obviously. But Temps, is there anything Boris could have done better? I mean, they certainly could have done better. What, 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 where they let themselves down a little bit on the night? Yeah, they, they didn't let themselves down because more established Premier League teams will go there and get turned over. And you, know, you just glance through the results last season. It happened to some some big boys at that place. The thing they could have done better for me was the press in our own half. So you, you're never going to have a full pitch press in the manner at which you might against lower half teams when you go to Man City away. But we retracted very deep, got our bank set up, but didn't press them while they were passing side to side in their own half. And they're a patient team. Man City are used to that, used to breaking down um, solid banks of players and they have the positional awareness, the stretch, the pace, the poise to work the ball side to side, wait for the opening. And then you see the pace, the precision, the one touch finishing from Haaland. The standout player for me, Haaland aside, obviously, was Cancelo because he's not a defender. He is in name and he is on Fantasy Premier League, but he just pinned himself to that left wing, chalk on his boots, very, very patient in possession. But then when he had it, he was prepared to take on the fullback, to cut inside, to make something happen. That ball with the outside of the foot to the, the back stick was something to behold. So very impressed by Man City. I don't think any particular Forest player comes out as the standout or the one that let us down because the way we were set up was to retract deep, to be compact, to defend the goal. I would have preferred us to apply more pressure in our half when we were camping, when they had the ball, passed amongst their defenders. I just think we could have been a bit more active, pressed a bit more once we'd retracted and put them under more pressure because they were at complete ease for, for 90 minutes. Um, and while this run of fixtures now is where the season really starts for us. I think we could have done a little bit more. Yeah. I think um, the problem was that when we got the opportunity, I think we overdid things a little bit. We tried to be too maybe clever around the penalty box instead of you know, reverting back to basics. And you saw what basics did in the second half from them. They, they had shots that went in the top corner. You know, um, the, the guy who, was it Alcaraz? Alvarez, yeah. Alvarez, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Um, when Holland went off, crikey, he came alive. And, you know, those goals in the top corner, that's why if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win a prize. And I think sometimes, you know, we were a little bit overplaying it. 
And I think sometimes against Tottenham, we might, we might have done that instead of being, you know, in a little bit more forward thinking in what we were doing around the box. And you're right about uh, Manchester City with the positional play. I watched them. Every time things were tight and we did press, when Brennan up front, there's always somebody dropping a little bit deeper and they know where each other are. And it's one and two touch. That's why I always talk about this. I've said it many times on this programme. Um, we we used to do one touch, two touch, three touch in training. Start with three and see what happens. You get closed down. You get dispossessed when you take three touches. And that rammed it home, I think, that point, what they did. One and two touches unless, like you say, you know, when players are taking players on in that final third, which they are very, very capable of. Um, but that's how they play the game. And that just doesn't come... Yeah, it's natural ability, but they do that on the training pitch. And, there's very, you know, there's always somebody available when somebody was in tight possession. Um, and that was so impressive for me as well. So, you know, I think... I, I know what you mean about just sitting back and they can break you down because they're that good. And they've not got one or two. They've got four or five who can do it. So, you, you close two of those down. You've still got the other three who can absolutely rip you apart. Um, so it's always going to be difficult. And uh, I think some point, you know, simplicity is, you know, the, the best way forward sometimes. You know, the basics, go back to basics around the box. You know, if, if you're in an area, just don't look up and you, you put the ball across like we did against Tottenham. Three balls across in the first half were terrific. You know, just do that. And if nobody's there, that's their fault, not yours. Because you've done your bit. You've put it in a good area. And I just think that, you know, that'll all gel together at some point. You know, Steve will be working tirelessly on the, the training pitch, you know, because I've seen, you know, him work tirelessly on the training pitch. And um, I, I just think the runner games coming up could be a real eye-opener for us. And I, I think the confidence won't have been not that much against Man City. But I have to disagree with you about their best player, apart from Haaland. Gundogan, for me, everybody was saying exactly the same. He just made the game look so easy. And I was sick with a, you know, I was a guest of Manchester City. Uh, Gary Owen, who I used to play with at uh, England under 21s, asked me to come up and it was a really good night. And I sat with the Man City fans around me and they, where the hospitality was. And I said, well, what, you know, what about the Palace game at the weekend? You know, you're 2-0 down. And he said, to be fair, he said, they're doing no better than Forrest are doing tonight. He said, the two goals they got, one was from a corner, one was from a free kick. He said, that's all they had. So, uh, you know, it wasn't as if they were, you know, better than Manchester City. It was just like a couple of set pieces they did well on. Um, so, and, and that was coming from a Man City fan. So, no need to panic whatsoever. Um, you know, just look forward to the next few games and I think we'll all be smiling. Yeah, I mean, Arlad's another name into the list and I thought, you know, Rodri as that base of the midfield just kept things ticking over and another exceptional play. I mean, Greg in the comments, Greg Orr makes a good point that City's in a, like a five to seven year evolution under Pep Guardiola and Forrest are going to take that time. The only thing I would like Forrest to do, I'm not saying hack players down, but like terms is get a little bit close. So I don't think we gave a foul away in the game. Oh, it, uh, somebody, this is what somebody said. When was it yesterday? There was only one booking. Yeah. I'm not saying get loads of bookings, but you know. Yeah, one booking, you know, it's just... I, I like what Brennan did to Richarlison, you know, when he went in there and just took him out. I thought, fair play to you, Brennan. You know, he, he deserved that. You know, stop being, you know, a cocky, arrogant, you know. To be fair, Conti wasn't happy with what he saw uh, in that as well. Uh, you know, a player of that talent, you know, to, just to take the mickey a little bit like that. So good good on Brennan that he, uh, he, he'd he had enough of that and took him out a little bit. 
Yes, I thought the same as we discussed on Monday's podcast. Yeah, and David Prutton was on on uh, Monday, Gary, oh, and, right. he, and he said he would have done exactly the same. And I think he tried a few times in a Forest shirt as well. Whether he got oh, close, yeah. he tried with the referee as well and got away with it. <laughs> no, he didn't get away with it, did he? he got sent no, off. he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. <clears throat> right. Um, let's move on to Bournemouth then. I mean, a bigger game, temps in a lot of ways than than the City game. Yeah, because it's winnable, isn't it? League starts now for me. So, Bournemouth, Leeds, Fulham, Leicester, Villa, Wolves, Brighton. That's the kind of run of fixtures where we can now impose our style of play, be slightly less concerned about how the opposition are going to line up and what more of what the, the real forests are going to be this season. Because Steve Cooper doesn't really tinker or didn't last year. He kept faith with 16, 17 players and a system that seem to work again and again and again. We've had some tough fixtures. We've had the toughest fixture of the year behind us now in the rearview mirror. So let's look forward and get and get going with these. So I think we'll see some consistency now. I think we'll have more insight into what Cooper thinks his best side is. And while there will be some tinkering by virtue of the fact he's got a bigger squad to play with, don't expect him to be chopping and changing in quite the manner he has to, to this point. So, yeah, it's been difficult for me to try and... Uh, pick a team for this one. I think the wide boys are locked in with Williams and Lodi. Henderson's a banker, obviously. Uh, there's questions in the comments about McKenna and Worrell, but they're not dropping out of this side anytime soon. They set the tone in the dressing room. They're firmly established as what the Forest mantra way of being is. So while the jury's out for one or two people, it's it's not out for me, and those two will start. I think we'll see a debutant between them. I think it could be Bolly or, or Bade is that third centre-half. Midfield two, really tough. I've gone for Froiler and O'Brien. I think Yatesy's got the, the best chance of breaking into that, but I want to see that combination established. And then in a slight change up top, I've got Gibbs-White um, in behind Awani and Dennis, who I think has earned a start. And I think Brennan could be extremely powerful from the bench in this game and have a big role to play. But I I'll think Dennis what, has done enough to earn a start. I tell you what, Sam. I think you, you when we looked at the fixtures uh, before a ball was kicked, we saw Newcastle, West Ham, and people were saying, "I think I've said this before." Oh, what a good start that is! But you forget what Eddie Howe did last season at Newcastle, and you forgot forget how David Moyes has moulded that West Ham team into a team that challenged at the top of the division. And then we got Tottenham and Manchester City, and funnily enough, after all these, Everton looked like the easiest game. You know, who would ever have said that Everton was going to be an easy game in the Premier League? But uh, that's how it transpired. We probably should have hang on, hung on to those three points, but we didn't. We got a point. And four points at the moment out of those games, I think, then the fixtures to come, I, I think that's not bad. You know, Leicester have only got one. You know, there are teams, Man United were below us, Liverpool and Everton, you know, Everton are still below us. You know, so it, it's it's a decent start. But now we've we've got to change that, turn that round. And uh, I, I, I think we can, you know, the way we played against Tottenham, it was, it was encouraging. Um, it was just Harry Kane, lack of marking for both goals in that game. Um, and that's what you do when, you know, you let Harry Kane loose a little bit. He's that good that when he gets that sort of service, he'll punish you every time or more or less. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting run of games coming up and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I wonder, going off Temps' team, I think Bolly will play. I wonder if Yates will play because of physicality. And I would certainly play a one year. Just look at Bournemouth and they're a different, they're slightly different to the Premier League teams, aren't they? We saw that Villa game. I mean, they just kind of bullied Villa in the first 
match, set pieces, get the ball into more. It was Kiefer Moore is a different kind of game. You're a big fan of Kiefer Moore, aren't you, Gary? He worries me every time. Well, he always does well against us. Yeah, um, maybe a different difference in the Premier League, but uh, you know you've got to give Bournemouth credit. They got beat nine nil, and then they went and got a nil nil, got a clean sheet. You know that takes some doing. Because Wolves did well against Newcastle in that game where, you know, Newcastle equalised late on. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, it's, a, it's a hard, harsh lesson you learn in the Premier League. Um, but, like I say, no need to panic. Not one iota because I think what we've seen so far has been, you know, particularly good at times. It just concerns me that we overplay it a little bit. I've, I've said this again and again. And, you know... Brian Clough used to say, never make a good chance better. You know, if you get the opportunity to shoot, shoot. If you get the opportunity to cross it early, cross it. You know, do things quickly. Like you, you saw Manchester City. Yeah, if you can learn from them, they are the best in the world at what they do. So you look at games like that and think, well, can I improve on what I do? And you only improve on what you do by watching what other people do when you play against them. If you don't learn from that, you shouldn't be playing the game. Yes, you're not going to be of that quality because they are the best players in the world, and uh, you have to, you know, come up against that. We weren't the best team in the world. We weren't the best players in the world at Forest when we won the European Cups. But my goodness, we were tough to beat. You know, Graham Sooners always said, "He said I can't believe it." He said we were a better team every time we played them, but we couldn't beat them because they were so well organised. There was the desire was so good, and that's the ultimate compliment. And that's what you have to do when you're playing against better teams. You have to dig in. You have to, you know, concentrate so much. You can't concentrate for 88 minutes. You have to concentrate for 90 minutes because you switch off with one minute in a game or 30 seconds in a game, that lot will punish you. you we saw that against Man City. You know, it's only a fraction of a second that you can switch off for. That's all it takes for somebody like Haaland to punish you. So I, I think it's a big learning curve, one that the players are very, very well-versed to be able to do. And I'm just delighted the squad's as big as it is because, you know, things do, you know, you get suspensions, you get injuries. There's a lot of, you know, versatility there to come in. And we only played Manchester City once more, you know, so, you know, one's out of the way. You just don't want to, you know, concede a lot of goals against the better teams. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I think it'll be productive in the next few weeks. And I just hope we go into the, uh, the World Cup period with, you know, mid-table I'll be delighted with. And we've talked a lot about strikers on this, Gary. You've kind of intimated your, your thoughts. I mean, does one of Awanyi and Dennis or Surridge have to start as more of a focal point in this team than you think? Well, I think that'll happen now. I think, you know, maybe Steve looked at it. I, I've, not, I've not, you know, spoke to Steve about it at all, but you, you've just got to try and second guess why. And I can, you know, certainly understand why he didn't uh, play a striker against uh, Manchester City um, because obviously they are so good. Tottenham, I think, you know, can flatter to deceive at times. You know, without Harry Kane, you know, how good would they be? Son's been, you know, uh, a little bit disappointing. A lot of pressure on him. He got taken off, I think, in that the, the game, didn't he, against Forrest? Um, yeah, it's... And I watched that game, you know, I, for 90 minutes, concentrated on what was going on. And what I saw from Forrest, I thought was really good, you know, for a team that's just got promoted. And you look at Fulham, what you know, how they've started the season as well. They've not done bad. You know, they've come in. Mitrovic never got a chance in the last time they went up. Uh, but this time he's being played and he's scoring goals. You know, he's thriving on it. And 
that's that's what keeps you in divisions. Players who score your goals. You know, you can you can draw four, you know, draw twenty four games a season, and you know you, you might still go down or whatever. It's about winning games with strikers, and I think that will come. Yeah, everything at Fulham's geared to Mitrovic, isn't it? I don't know. Forest aren't, Forest aren't going to go that way, and that's fair. I mean, there's many ways to win a game. Temps, anything you want to add on strikers, and then I'll ask you also about the importance of the crowd on Saturday. Well, I'm sure you sure you'll both be there, but how big a role can the crowd play? On the strikers, just that that they're all slightly different, and there are different ways to score goals. So we we've seen enough of. Um, Awani, Johnson and Dennis now to appreciate that perhaps none of them are out and out as the automatic starter. They all bring something slightly different to the table. They'll all have a role to play. But as Gary knows more than anyone, what will allow them to keep their shirt for a period of time is goals. That's what they're being judged on, not the positions they're getting into, not even necessarily the link-up play. The focal point of this team for the strikers will will be goals. And ultimately, the player that settles into their rhythm quickly and has a streak of scoring, will get the get the backing of the manager. In terms of the yeah, atmosphere at the city ground and the, the role the, the fans have to play, the praise we're getting when we go away is incredible, isn't it? Just I think every home team is um, full of praise for the, the noise that we make, for sticking with the team, for not leaving early. And that was evident for Gary and I to see when we were in Manchester on, on Wednesday. Forrest outsung the home team by 10 to 1. And there wasn't much atmosphere to speak of in the ground that's watching one of the best strikers in the world score a hat-trick. I thought the home fans were a bit flat. Contrast that with Spurs and West Ham at the City ground, and it's it's deafening. From Mullet Kintyre onwards, we look to create an atmosphere that the, the players feel comfortable in. And I'm sure that'll be out again in force on Saturday. And I'm backing us to beat Bournemouth. And I think it'll be more comfortable than people think because the levels that we found... In, in victory over West Ham, and even in, in the defeat against Spurs, should be more than enough for them to cope with. And I'm, I'm confident this will be three points in the in the bag come uh, come Saturday afternoon. Well, I'm commentating for Sky on it, so uh, that'll be uh, an interesting afternoon for me. I'll ask you two questions then, Gary. First question, um, is a point a bad result if they come out of it with something on the board after that jobbing at Man City? And then second question, how do you commentate on Forest without letting your biases slip through? I can do that. It's called professionalism, Matt. Something you don't really know much about. No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry with a uh, picture of Steve Cooper behind me. So yeah, no. I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's. I, I think a point to be disappointed against Bournemouth, and that's no disrespect to Bournemouth. One little bit. We saw. I, I think we were done a little bit at Bournemouth. The the one nil. Uh, we were done when the game was called off. It should you know it should never have been called off. We know why it was, and then. Um, to be done by the linesman. Um, was it the Greek linesman? Um, yeah, I mean, that was uh, that was onside. We was a penalty, you know, onside and it should have been a penalty and it wasn't. So that put us in the playoffs. Um, so we were that close to beating them in the championship and, you know, the, the quality of the players we've bought in, maybe compared with them, is, is superior. So, yeah, I think three points is there massively for the taking. Um, what about the Scott Parker factor? Well, I don't even know who's in charge of Bournemouth, actually. I'll Google that while, you, while you're talking. I mean, does that change the picture, Temps, them having a change of manager? Yeah, of course it does, because it wasn't part of the plan at the time. So you're going to have a dressing room there, half of which were lo- loyal to Scott Parker because they've had a good time with him, um, probably most notably last season. 
and half of whom are frustrated because the team was losing and they weren't necessarily in it. So every time a manager changes, there's going to be a bump for some players who feel it's a time for them to be looked at again and, and their lot might improve. And you're going to have those that were loyal to him um, that, that feel slightly hard done to and in a, in, a bit of, in a bit of disarray. So good time to play them. I think Forest are far more settled in their way of thinking. The link between manager, fans, players is there for all to see. So, yeah, in that sense, because of the results they've had and because Parker's out on his ear, this is the perfect time to play Bournemouth. Right. Gary O'Neill, I should have said, is the um, is the caretaker manager and he was on the coaching staff when Jonathan Woodgate came in. So there is a bit of continuity there. Was Parker hard done to, Gary, do you think, or not? I think so, but I don't think it was just the result. I think he... Uh, it was in the papers that he was complaining about lack of activity in the transfer market. Um, so I think that was the, the major factor, you know, combined with the 9-0. Um, so that, that's that's the way it goes in football. We know it's harsh. We've already talked about players who get promoted from the championship, you know, being disregarded. Um, you know, managers soon get uh, short shrift as well. And it's never going to change. Uh, really isn't. But... Um, yeah, they've got to get somebody uh, employed pretty quickly because you want that continuity now from now until when the World Cup starts. You want to be in a decent position in the league before that happens. You know, Sean Dyche has been mentioned, uh, rightly so, because, you know, the fantastic job he did at Burnley and the way they treated him. Um, yeah, that, that would be a good fit for me. But we've got, it's not about Bournemouth, it's about us. Never about the opposition. Yeah, respect them, but it's about us. And um, Steve will put a team out there that he, he knows can go and beat Bournemouth um, because, you know, we, we saw them at close quarters last season. I don't think a lot's changed with their personnel. Um, so, yeah, I, I just feel that with the atmosphere there and uh, the way we've started, I mean, the three, you know, the third game at the city ground, West Ham, yeah, people say they're unlucky, but, you know, we did so much in that game where we could have you know, done a bit better in the final third again. I think that's one area I think we've got to improve a little bit. When we do get in those positions, our decision-making has got to be a little bit better. I think that's the one thing that I've noticed that hasn't been quite as good as it could be. So, Tony needs a little bit of tweaking, that's all. And, uh, yeah, it's so... Um, talking about bias, Jamie Carragher does it, you know, Gary Neville does it, they all do Don... Don Goodman does it against Wolves. So, yeah, it's, it's about being professional. I'm not going to, you know, say, you know, Forrest are magnificent or anything like that, you know. But what I've been saying about, you know, the owner and uh, everybody at the football club being in everybody in the right position is completely and utterly true as far as I'm concerned. I think, you know, everybody fits uh, the bill in, in their jobs. And uh, it's just great to see that. And uh, long may it continue. Gary, I was just going to ask you for your front three combo there. Do you think we'll play two behind a focal point or are you expecting two strikers with one in behind? And which three would you would you pick for, for this game? That's a good one. Uh, whether he's going to play two up front, uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I, if he was going to play two up front, you'd play uh, uh, Dennis and Awonyi. Uh, How do you pronounce that again? I keep getting Awonyi. Well, I was told it was Awonyi. Awonyi. All right, OK. Well, the boy, the, the boy they bought from Germany. Let's just, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you know maybe Brennan behind, and you know a free roller behind those two. Um, yeah, just be, be be positive. You know, take the game to them. 
you know, get on the front foot from the start. When they look at the team sheet, you know, if they see, you know, it's a really positive lineup, then, you know, that, that puts them on the back foot to start with. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting team selection. I think probably be the one more people, well, most people be looking at rather than the Man City one or the previous ones. Uh, because we know we've got this run of games, we're positive. I think we have the, the capability to go and beat uh, those teams. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that team sheet. Yes, me too. Now, Gary mentioned professionalism and my lack of, and I'm going to go <laughs> all the way back to the transfer window because I forgot to ask one thing I wanted to get your takes on. So it's a bit out of order, this. But um, Josh Bowler going on loan to Olympiacos. I'd rather he'd gone on loan to a championship club, personally. I don't think it makes a huge difference because they've got Carlos Corbran as manager and he'll know what Bowler's capable of and can integrate him into the style of play, hopefully. But any big opinion on that temp so they would you rather him gone black to blackpool or somewhere else well look, i love the fact that we've got an academy slash link slash warehouse in athens where good players can be looked at closely understand that the system of our kind of you know the network between our clubs and hopefully one day come and play for us. I think there's a far higher chance that he'll play for Forest than the, the South Korean striker that's been shipped over there. So, yeah, look, I, I always, I don't think English players adapt as well to playing overseas as overseas players adapt to being in England. We're, we're not so up on the languages, are we, and the, the things you need to do to be comfortable in, a, in another country. But Josh Boller will make an impact there. He's been an impressive championship player and he's, made a team better his presence has made that made that team better so I'm, I'm I'm glad we've extracted him and there's not a place for him in the 25 so yeah stick him in the warehouse for a few months if he has a worldie like Zink and I go like one or two there's no doubt there'll be a, a chance for him to be loaned to Forest for the back end of the season but he's under the, uh, the tutelage of a, a good manager in Athens it's part of our family right so no issue and I do think at some stage he'll play for Forest. Yeah, me too. I don't think Guang Ji Un, I might be seeing his name on there, the South Korean striker, will ever see him kick a ball for Forest unless it's in the championship. And obviously, we don't want to see that. Um, he, I mean, I suppose, Gary, the benefit is if he has a blinder till January and Forest are struggling, you can bring him back, can't you? I mean, are you remotely fussed that Bowler's gone to Olympiacos, not an English club? I would quite like to have seen him, you know, be given a, a chance at, you know, the club, mate. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about him. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get one who comes out the pack and who can adapt to, uh, you know, the Premier League. Um, whether he would have been that one, I don't know. The, the one interesting thing I, I heard at Manchester City at the, uh, in midweek, people talk about us and Olympiacos and give us a bit of stick about it. I, I didn't ever realise Manchester City have got about five or six feeder, you know, the similar sort of clubs around the world. Yeah, yeah, they've got uh, one in front in the, that Troyes or Troyes. Australia, they've got yeah, yeah, Melbourne, yeah. There's about six or seven, I was being told. So, yeah, uh, yeah that, that was an eye-opener a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's it, it's a difficult one when you bring in that many players in. You, you, you've you got to keep them all happy. And, you know, going and playing over there might just do them a world of good. But yeah, I always look back on the Manchester United situation when Skulls, Beckham, Giggs... And all that lot, the Nevilles were coming through. They went to sort of the likes of Preston, you know, uh, around that area and to, to learn the trade and to get kicked up in the air and uh, know what it's all about. So maybe, you know, that option could have been uh, a little bit better. Um, and it, it, Brian Clough, again, used to say, learn your trade. 
and that's you know that's what he's got to go and do, learn his trade, and come back a better a better player, one with more education in him. And uh, you know you've got to learn, you've got to be a sponge wherever you go, pick up anything you possibly can that you know will help your career, and no matter how small, how minute, you know if it, if it can help you, then you know it's great to go places like that and uh, have the benefit of being able to do it. Not everybody has the benefit of that to be able to go to uh, Greece and play, you know, for AK Ath- um, Olympiakos, AK Athens there. Olympiakos. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, it can only help his his progress, hopefully. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, Man City on that, on this kind of feeder club or whatever, link club in general, I mean, Watford obviously got Udinese, Man City have got, as Gary said, the club in France, Australia, Melbourne, um, New York City FC, I think is... The owners' club in America as well. Leicester have got a club in Belgium, and they send loads of players to Belgium. Wolves have got a link with Grasshoppers. So, what Forest are doing isn't massively out of order or out of the ordinary. I mean, it does happen at a lot of clubs. Um, any other business before we finish? I think we've covered everything. I'll probably be unprofessional. I forgot loads of stuff. But Gary, anything you want to add? Uh, no, just Holland. Uh, I'm just. I was taken aback by him. Uh, he's. He's. He was. I saw one set piece. And, you know, Joe Worrell was as tall as him, but it's his physique. You know, he's just, ah, oh, dear me. If you're centre-half, you just wouldn't want to be playing against him. He's he's that dangerous. He's that good. He does everything good. He, he leaves his foot in sometimes. He did that and then puts his hands up and say, what me? Like a lot of them do. But he's if he gets the right supply, which he will do from that team, he's going to frighten defenders every, every weekend, every midweek. And, yeah, it could be uh, one hell of a season for him. So what can you do? I mean, can, can you get in his ear and try and, you know, put him off his game? When I was playing centre-half, you know, I looked at us marking. I was, you know, six foot. Um, and if anybody was bigger than me, um, I used to, you know, every time the ball was coming, I used to look where the referee was. And if he wasn't in a decent position, I'd stand on the heel of uh, the striker uh, so he couldn't jump. And so he wasn't able to, you know, out, out jump me or anything like that. Um, you have to try everything you possibly can, you know, within the limits of legality uh, on, a, on a pitch. But, uh, yeah, little things like that. I mean, I played against, uh, what's his name, the, in Italy. Um, oh, what's his name? The horrible one at the back. Um, a few of those. No, what was it? Oh, one who played for AC Milan. Yeah, what was he now? Played against him in the uh, in Italy in the European Championships for England. Can't can't remember his blooming name now. But well, I'll Google he's, it. He was the most misnamed player. He's, his name's oh, what is his name? He's, he, he, it's like a nice name, but he was horrible. He did everything he possibly could to put me off. He bit me. He he pinched me. He you know he did everything he could. Nasty, you know, when the referee wasn't looking. Um, and that's you know that's that's how sometimes it works. I'm going to help you out here, Gary. I've got the squad up, so just to spare your sanity oh, for the next for few minutes. Sake. Claudio Gentile. Gentile, yeah. Gentile. There you yeah, go. He's, he's hardly, hardly gentle. Yeah, Gentile. That's come from yeah. the Forest Central Europe Supporters Club on Facebook, who clearly know their stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah. they were straight in there. And Gary, Gary P on the comments. Fair play to them. Uh, and Mark Bradshaw as well. Right, one other question that I forgot that people are asking about in the comments that we should probably say. Uh, any worries, temps, first of all, 
any worries that Cooper hasn't signed his contract now the transfer window is closed, literally a few hours ago. But are you getting a bit twitchy there or not? No, not at all. I think Steve Steve Cooper's mindset and demeanour and manner is is so refreshing. Uh, I've met him a couple of times. I spent a bit of time with his brother last week as well. And everyone's really proud of what he's doing. He's got a lovely family, brilliant setup. And it, the, the way he is with people is different to anything I've, I've ever seen um, in, a, in, in a forest manager in recent times. I think he's the way he's engendered himself to ex-players, to the supporters, um, is, is just second to none. And I think he feels that love. And he feels relaxed enough in his own skin to know he doesn't have to sign this contract because there are some unscrupulous managers out there who know the game and know that all they're really signing is the size of the check that's going to be signed when they walk out the door. Steve Cooper's taken a completely different approach to that. He wants to focus on the here and now. They're not falling out over money or backing in the transfer market or anything like that. So I think quietly at the right time, it will be announced that Cooper's contract has been extended. So no, no panic from me. He's the most important man at the football club for me. Obviously, the owner, you know, because of what his investment has been incredible and continues to be so. Uh, it's been relentless, but he is the most important person at that football club. You know, what he's achieved already and what we all want him to achieve, you know, moving forward. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope he signs a contract because I don't want to see him ever leave the club at the moment. Um, yeah, it's it's he's that important. Uh, Ian asks about a shirt sponsor. Well, Forrest have set their bar and until someone meets it i guess uh no nothing happening on that front uh so unless forest budge or someone you know meet reaches the figure then it is as it is temps well, I, I'll, I'll sponsor them like this with this shirt shall i that, 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 have a new kit with this looks shirt. like the third kit Gary. it looks like you beat yeah. me to it it looks like the third kit yeah it looks like the bus seat from the, the road to school in the 90s Once a fan always a fan Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Temps, any other business? I forgot to come yeah, to you. Yeah, couple, a couple of last points from me. So, first of all, Harland was the captain of my FPL dream team. So, I, I just wanted to mention Matt's Gary Bordy Red Fantasy Premier League and a shout to James Hawks, who's number one with 387 points and, from what I can see, has made every selection decision correctly since the start of the season. So, maybe James is the man we should ask about how Forrest should line up at the weekend. And the second thing I wanted to mention was if you get the chance to read Dan Taylor's piece uh, in The Athletic today, which is one of the, the deeper dives into Forrest's activity during the transfer window, uh, and also some of the politics and just, just nuggets that, that go off at, at any football club, but worth the read of Dan Taylor. He doesn't always tell the party line. Um, excellent journalist, very, very credible, and says what he thinks. And I, I really enjoy reading his stuff. And I think the piece he's, he's published in The Athletic today about Forrest is um, is well worth a read for every Forrest fan. Uh, yes, that is a good piece. Very interesting. I read all of it. Lots of insight. And I would recommend it. Uh, 387 points. I've got 331. Uh, that's impressive. And to the disgrace of my family, I signed Phil Foden this week. So I thought they might absolutely murder Forrest. But he only got four points. So I probably got what I deserve. But I did Captain Harland. Right. Gary has no idea what we're talking about. I don't imagine you play fantasy Premier League, do you, Gary? Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> He's done it in the real world. He doesn't need to try and boost his <laughs> ego in the fantasy world. Right. Thanks for everyone who watched along and dropped comments in as usual. Uh, I forgot to live stream this on YouTube. I thought I was, but it's just gone out on Facebook. So I'll upload that. Uh, uh, momentarily so sorry about that but thanks for everyone who joins we'll be back on monday in the company of greg and maybe gary uh, but, uh someone else will 
join me and hopefully the Reds pick up uh, three points against Bournemouth. In the meantime, Gary, thank you very much. Pleasure as always. And Temps, thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, Gary. Cheers, Matt. Mike. Michael, yeah. <laughs> if I was nice, I'd edit that, but I think I'll just leave it in. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you on Monday. <laughs>